0: Back Judge Podcast is back for another divisional preview. We did the AFC West. Now we got to go to the NFC. This is a fun division, boys.
1: Yeah, I think this is this is the toughest division to really sort out, in my, in my opinion. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting Very into fun. it. Fun.
0: I think it's like one of those things where you're looking at the way it ended last year with with the Niners uh, coming in last in the division. Where you could see them coming in first, right? And and the Seahawks made the playoffs kind of last year, and so did the Ram or sort of the Rams and Cardinals kind of blew it at the end of the season, uh, which is which is a, which will be a fun team to talk about too, just because of how favorable we generally have been towards the Cardinals over uh, over the last year. But we do start with the Niners. They came in last in the division last year, moved up, traded two firsts. with with the Dolphins, who had that pick because of the Texans, traded that for two firsts to go up and and get their guy, Trey Lance. And this was a big conversation we had during draft season. Are they going to go with Mac Jones, or is it going to be Trey Lance? Ultimately, I think they made the right decision. While Mac Jones, for sure, probably could have come in year one and operated this offense um, pretty successfully, I think. Um, Lance just has that upside, and I think from what we've heard uh, through the pre-draft process, he's, he's no dummy either. All right, so he can he can figure this thing out, and I'm I'm excited about this team. Uh, I think it's it's really Tommy. Y- you've been one of the bigger uh, water carriers for Kyle Shanahan, uh, and rightfully so to to a certain extent. But I think now is when you're you're really gonna I think you would imagine is when you're going to see the true powers that he has in taking this kid, Trey Lance coming from an FCS school, uh, only has started what 16, 17 games undefeated, uh, in those games. But, uh, obviously there is still a jump there from, from that level to the NFL, but I'm assuming you think he's going to be able to unlock Trey Lance.
1: Oh yeah. I think, uh, I mean I told you guys, I don't know, I guess I mentioned on the last pod, uh I, I bet on Trey Lance to win rookie of the year and I tend Cl I don't know if you said this on air, but you tend to believe that Lance is gonna be the starter come week one, right? Yep. And, and and I kinda think the same thing, and if it's not week one, it's it's gotta be pretty soon after that. I just think, you know, throughout minicamp and in training camp coming up in the next couple of weeks, I think Shanahan is just gonna see what Trey Lance can do physically, the things that he can do that Garoppolo can't and while Trey Lance did have a small sample size at, at North Dakota State, uh, schematically it's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between what they were doing over there and what they were doing in San Francisco. That's something that we talked about a lot throughout draft season and just made that pick, you know, make so much more sense. Um, so yeah, I mean I have supreme confidence in, in Kyle Shanahan and and John Lynch and the way that they've built this team. Uh, I really it's it's hard to, to you know, at least on offense, for me to see weaknesses, I think their offensive line is pretty solid. Um, both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, complete studs at the wide receiver position, and then George Kittle. I mean, that big three uh, is tough to beat, and will give whomever their the quarterback is, Lancer Garoppolo, just you know a bevy of weapons. And and Ayuk going into year two, I think I have uh, really high expectations for with him potentially expanding his route tree a little bit and becoming a little bit more of, of a deep threat. I think that's something that I saw throughout this offseason that I'm talking about.
0: Um, can, I, you know, can I bump in here, Tommy? Yeah, with, of course. Uh, Lee, I want to ask you kind of about the defense because uh, you're a big fan of Sala um, to a certain extent, and the defense kind of has been the strength of this team when the quarterback position uh, has been in flux with you know Nick Mullins uh, having to come in and play a couple games with with Jimmy being hurt, um, you know, or even uh, Beathard <sighs> having having a couple games in there. Where do you see this defense going now with with Sala out of the building? They hired from within with D'Amico Ryan's, who was coaching the linebackers. Uh, great great NFL career as a player with with the Texans. Uh, obviously, some some studs on this defense as well, but also maybe some questions.
2: Yeah. I think it's definitely a, when you look up and down the roster, it's the biggest concern would be the defense, you know, if you're comparing it to the offense. I think the team overall improved, but I don't want to underestimate the loss of Robert Sala. I thought that he was probably uh, the best defensive coordinator in the NFL last year, and not even just last year, maybe even the past couple years, if you cumulatively, over the past three years, he's been like an unbelievable defensive coordinator. And, you know, there, there aren't necessarily a lot of household names on this defense, most notably in the secondary. Um, I know they went out and got Jason Verrett, who I thought he's had an incredible career, uh, he's battled through injuries, and been one of the better cornerbacks over the past decade. Um, we'll see if he can keep that up. Uh, I know they lost, uh, what's his name, to Seattle, the corner who was kind of like the most inconsistent player on the planet. Um I'm going to look it up real quick because I have to I have to shout him out. Akello Witherspoon. Akello Witherspoon. Looked like he yeah. could guard anybody, and the next week he'd be getting benched. Um, I don't know how big of a hit that's going to be. I do have some concerns about the secondary, like I said. I do like the linebackers a lot. You could make an argument Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL. Um, the defensive line with Nick Bosa coming back is going to make that secondary's life a lot easier. And, you know, I have <laughs> – Without really knowing that much about schematically where he stands and, and, and how he is as a coach, I have confidence that D'Amico Ryan's coming from an NFL not, locker room, not being uh, just some guy who played in the NFL, but an all-pro linebacker for you know, a few years in his career. I, I, it'd be, it's, it's hard to kind of bet against someone like that. But if we're just comparing the unit um, to last year, I think that the biggest thing about it is that if Nick Bosa can stay healthy, the defense is going to be infinitely better for it. Um, Even with a guy like Fred Warner on your defense, you can still make an argument Nick Bosa could be the best player on this defense. And it's almost, to me, I mean, you can compare it to like the Rams situation with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I know those guys are the tip top of superstars, but when you take Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, I mean, there's an argument to be made there that, you know, those guys bring just as much of an impact to the defense. So. Uh, yeah, there are some concerns outside of those guys. There are some concerns in the secondary, but all in all, I have a hard time seeing this defense really be an Achilles heel of any sort uh, for the for the 49ers.
1: If I can, if I can jump in real quick too, um, the secondary has been an issue on paper really for the past three years, up until the season before their Super Bowl run. Um, that kind of was, you know, obviously they had Buckner for a while and now bringing in Bosa, Javon Kinlaw going into year two. Also underrated pickup, bringing in Mo Hurst. Yep. who got cut from the Raiders for whatever reason. Uh, this team is, is deep in the, front se- uh, in the front seven, and you know you touched on Jason Lee, who was you know awesome last year. You know, and when he's healthy, seems to be a, a, a upper echelon corner. Uh, so I just kind of have faith in this team's ability to coach up these secondary play- players in house. Uh, and obviously, losing Robert Sala is, is going to be a big blow, but. I think D'Amico Ryans can kind of curb that blow to a certain extent just because of the intangibles that you guys brought up during his his playing career and the fact that he's in-house and has some familiarity here. So um, yeah I mean overall I don't know if Clepper Lee you wanted to add anything else but I just I'm, I'm pretty bullish on this team obviously going in. Um, drafting Trey Sermon I think you know they're going to be able to run the ball really effectively and then they have you know, elite weapons really, and and I just hope that George Kittle can stay healthy for the whole year. Another huge um, deal because I think a huge sc- thing in my opinion too is game. locking
2: up Trent Williams. Um, I think that that was huge for their offensive line. Yeah. And you say Trey Sermon, you know, and he's probably going to get a good amount of carries, but it's like they've got five running backs who can get the job done for them on any given day. So um, yep. yeah, running back is is not
1: even six. Throwing Jamal Hasty, man. No, Jamal Hasty not, had a little juice good. last year, too. I mean, it's he's just not very
2: good. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut. He's based a running on back. The fact that they drafted two running backs and signed Wayne Gallman. Um, Jeff Wilson is hurt, but should be ready right around the time the season starts, maybe a few weeks in. Um, but yeah, I no, I, they got plenty of weapons on offense. And yeah, I mean, it's tough. We're, we're going to go through this whole division, and you guys can disagree with me, but. Uh, I think every team in this division got better. So, it's going to be really hard to kind of decide where you where you land on a lot of these teams. The one thing I will say to I guess play Devils advocate to all of us just kind of saying how good the 49ers are is mm-hmm. that uh, the QB controversy could be negative, you know. If if Jimmy Garoppolo yep. is the starter at the beginning of the year or if there's just I like Trey Lance a lot. I mean, he was he, he was kind of my darling going into the draft. So I don't want to talk bad about him, but I mean, like we said, I mean, he's th- he threw 300 whatever passes in college at North Dakota State and there could be a learning curve there and uh, I just don't want to underestimate how far a QB controversy can set you back and how much, you know, Kyle Shanahan may feel like he's in the mirror room a little bit with whether or not he should be starting Jimmy or or Trey. Um and I would even push back with you guys by saying I, I would not bet on it, and I'm not going to be surprised either way. But if I had to choose right now, I would assume Jimmy Garoppolo would be the starter week one, just based on the uh, kind of what the language has been all throughout the offseason with, with Kyle Shanahan and company. Um, I think they're going to give Jimmy every last chance until he kind of squanders it to, uh, to do what he did, you know, two years ago and take this team to the promised land. So – um I want to keep my eye out on this quarterback battle, but I I just want to underline, you know, you don't want to underestimate how how far a a QB controversy can set you back.
0: Uh, Last note on the Niners, week one at Ford Field.
2: I had a dream the other night that the I had a what's the spread on that seven and and a half. half. Let
0: Lee talk about his dream.
2: That you you, you, you. uh, the Lions were playing. it, It felt like week one. If, let me just say it felt like week one, and the Lions were playing the Seahawks, and they beat oh. them in just such a grinded-out fashion. Like, they won, like, 13-6, to six and Russell Wilson was...
0: That, that would go along with a lot the, of Seahawks games. Russell Wilson was
2: driving down the field yeah, at the end of the yeah. game, and there was a game-sealing interception. I couldn't identify who the player was, and I was with you, Adam, okay. and uh, it was just me and you, and we were at this bar, and we were, like, going crazy, but part of me, like, felt bad because I was just assuming they were going to be really bad, and I was like, man, I should have had more hope in them. So that that was <laughs> that was my dream.
0: <laughs> A lot to unpack there uh, coming up soon on the Detroit Lions preview pod. Um, let's go to the, the Cardinals. Lee, I'd, I'd love for you to take the reins here, because Cardinals uh, have kind of been your baby, mainly just because of your love for, for Kyler Murray. Um, We'd love to hear all of your thoughts on... Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury, this team overall, what your expectations are, um, you know, in the in the same sense that I kind of made, I wanted to hear from from you about Darnold, you know, like, hey, what do you what do you expect from Darnold this year to make you feel confident about how you have felt about Darnold this whole time he's been in the NFL? Where are you at with the Cardinals this year? What do you want to um, see?
2: I want to see Kyler Murray compete for an MVP award. He was the rookie of the year. Uh, when he was a rookie, he was an All-Pro last year, and now it's time to make that next step and compete to be an MVP, and I think if he does that, this is a playoff team. Um, say what you want about Cliff Kingsbury. There have been times I liked him more than other times. I would say he's probably, without having to think about it much, the worst coach in this division. Not that that's a huge knock, but he's he's definitely a, a few strides behind the other guys in this division. Um, I love what they did this offseason, bringing in Rodney Hudson. Uh, drafting Rondell Moore, who I like a lot, even bringing in A.J. Green to bring a little bit veteran presence to the receiver room. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to make on the field, but I do believe that he kind of uh, can, can add to their offense. Um, they've got weapons and bringing in Colt McCoy. I said this, I think that's an underrated move. Kyler has yet to uh, have kind of a veteran presence in that quarterback room with him. Uh, and I think that you know, He maybe has had a little bit of a slower process learning how to become a pro and how to compete week in and week out.
0: Um, You're saying uh, Chris Straveler no, wasn't getting not. It done? No, Chris
2: Straveler was, was too busy uh, chugging beers out of the Grey Cup or whatever it was a couple of years ago. He's still in his early in his developmental process as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this is a team that they know what they have in Kyler Murray and they're putting everything in front of him and, and saying let's go compete in the hardest division in football and I, I fully expect them to do it. Um, sure there are a couple questions you can ask about the offensive line. Kelvin Beecham, I know they brought in, is going to be their right tackle, or at least going to be competing with Josh Jones, a guy we liked in that 2020 draft to be the right tackle. Um, but I think the inside of their offensive line is pretty strong. Uh, DJ Humphries is a pretty solid left tackle, so there's not too many questions I have. Maybe a little...
0: I mean, Rodney Hudson kind of fell into their Absolutely laps. Absolutely fell into their laps.
2: It was like the Las yeah.
0: Vegas fire
2: sale with Tommy just brought up Mo Hurst. Rodney Hudson was part of it, and we'll get to Seattle. They got uh, Gabe Jackson out of it, too. Um, but as far as his offense goes, I mean, I like Chase Edmonds a lot last year. I thought he was a better option than Kenyon Drake, and uh, I'm not in love with James Conner, but I understand what purpose he serves in the offense, um, and I think that those two guys can pretty much carry the load um, in the uh, out of the backfield for this team. And then you know, I want to stand up and say it, man. I like this defense. This defense has kind of been catching a lot of heat. I think that there are some bona fide playmakers on this defense.
0: Guess who's in there? Starting safety. Yeah, you know that boy, Chuck Washington,
2: is out. I mean, this guy is an NFL. How many years has has Charles Washington been in the NFL? Charles Washington is going to retire a ten year NFL veteran,
0: dude. At least, at least uh, four. It's intangibles.
2: Intangibles. Um, Intangibles. Yeah, not. Not in love with Malcolm with Butler and Robert Alford, but those are guys that, you know, they've been around the block a few times. They, they uh, you know, it, it's not like Dre Kirkpatrick was necessarily better last year. The loss of Patrick Peterson is definitely tough, but that's a guy who was a little bit past his prime as well. Um, love what they got going on at safety with Buda Baker. Um Bringing in Tay Goen, I think, at corners, it was a solid pick, and Marco Wilson. They obviously addressed it. I don't know how much of an impact those guys are going to make, but bringing them in, giving them an opportunity. And then I love what they have at linebacker uh, with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. I think that they're going to, you know, I believe that Vance Joseph, Joseph is going to be able to get creative uh, schematically and do some cool stuff with this defense. There's just a lot of guys that stick out to me on this defense. Obviously, another guy falling under their lap, J.J. Watt. Uh, similar to Patrick Peterson, his, his Best days are behind him, but he still has a lot to contribute. Uh, I think the same goes for Chandler Jones. And then Lucky Fotu and Jordan Phillips in the middle, man, I-, I love those guys, both of those guys. I mean, and maybe I am I'm overestimate them a little bit, but I think those guys are absolute, you know, uh, gap pluggers and, and just physical guys that you want to have on your defense. And then I got to shout out Tommy's boy, Byron Murphy, switching into that seven. Uh, I th- he's going to have to step up and, and take a little bit more of a leadership role in this secondary because I do believe – of all the corners on this team, he has the most talent. Although he's not the most experienced, but from top to bottom, I mean, I think this is a team that absolutely can uh, compete in this division, and that's saying a lot. Um, because before this preview and before I really dove into the depth chart, I was, I was ready to let go. I was ready to be like, you know what? I love, I love <laughs> Kyler, and and I like the Cardinals a lot. But with just the the mix of the uh, of the coaching and the lack of ability in the secondary i'm going to have to tally them to to be the odd man out in this division but i don't think i'm going to be able to do that and uh i want to give a quick shout out to matt prater going to arizona they got themselves a kicker yep um you look at the 49ers got robbie gold and uh the the rams have uh what's his name uh don't they have the rams or no they don't have a good kicker anymore what am i talking about but anyway
0: Ficken, they have Fickin right
2: I, I think I was just getting him confused with the fact we have got the best punter in the league and Johnny Hecker. Um, yeah. So special teams are not you know it's no slouch in this division and, and bringing in Matt, Matt Prater I think is he's going to be able to rocket some fifty yarders in that dome. Um, but hopefully hopefully they're not kicking as many field goals as they have the past few years. I want to see them you know uh, put a little bit more points on the board in the red zone. But yeah I I like this team a lot and I'm interested what you guys have to uh, have to say about this. Also shout out Picasso Nelson Jr cornerback from Oklahoma. Uh, it was a guy I remember from the draft a couple of years ago. Let's see if you can make the roster here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel similarly to you, Lee. Um, I think Rondell Moore is going to step in and be their number two receiver. And I would like to think that cliff is going to be able to use him in a creative fashion, um, alongside with Christian Kirk and then kind of relegating Andy Isabella to that fourth pure deep threat role, fourth receiver. um, A.J. Green really doesn't do a lot for me. I think he's pretty washed. Uh, maybe he could help them in the red zone, which we've talked about over the past couple of years. They've had issues in the red zone. He's a big body. He's a guy who, you know, is not the player that he once was, but definitely could be a threat at the uh, at a, at the catch point. Lee, you talked about their offensive line. I, I agree. They got deeper at offensive line. That definitely was a weakness for them. Bringing in Rodney Hudson, I think, is huge. And overall, that unit is better. Um, you know, I've just like Lee, I've loved Kyler since he came out too. I think he's a top seven quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, and I, you know, I really have high hopes for this, this offense. I think we got to mention, Eno Benjamin, because I think he's better than James Conner. And when it comes to that short yardage stuff in the red zone that we're talking about, I'm, I'm expecting him to have a role. Uh, this year, after basically getting getting redshirted last year because uh, he couldn't contribute on special teams, didn't get. And you know, Benjamin is like time four, four inches
2: shorter and fifty pounds lighter than James Conner, so it's kind of hard to like compare
1: yeah, James, those guys. I'm faster than James well, Conner. They didn't right? bring him in to be I just fast. Think It's not good. I you know, they James brought Connor him in for
2: third and short and for goal line.
1: Yeah, I think you know Benjamin's a more dynamic running back. I haven't than seen Eno James Benjamin Connor. play in and, the NFL, I mean, so. Yeah, obviously, from their, both of their college evaluations. How I, about Califani Muhammad? James Conner's a been a 1,000-yard rusher. Yeah, James Conner had a really nice year in, in Pittsburgh. I, w- I think Eno Benjamin could rush for 1,000 yards. Oh, I, don't know. I think some fantasy bias happened. is creeping in here, so Jeez. let's, just, let's back. move on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to say— Clep, I, Clep,
1: you don't think—no, let me finish up. And Clep, you don't think Eno Benjamin could rush don't. for 1,000 yards? That's extremely
0: hard to do. I, I don't think DJ I don't Dallas think can rush for a thousand him, yards. If you gave him five hundred carries.
1: I'm not saying he will rush for a thousand yards. I asked, no. do you think he could no. rush for a thousand no.
0: yards? No. If he
1: could he would, wouldn't he? Isn't that like
0: <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> James Robinson James Robinson was like yards? incredible last year, dude. He wasn't drafted. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah, he like, was. I'm just saying. It just James goes, Robinson goes to show you, you know, how. Uh... Just because he wasn't drafted doesn't mean that any. Back know, the, the part of this charge. argument
0: that we're missing out on is that Tommy thinks Tommy thinks he yeah, can rush for 500. Seriously. if given the if given think, the opportunity, I don't
1: think I can rush for 500. I don't have I don't have the uh, I don't have the long speed. I'm all
0: content um, balance. I, I want to let me finish. Uh,
1: let me just let me just finish a, this up real quick. That was a ridiculous okay?
0: statement. I want to take the mic from you. It is That is a ridiculous statement,
1: dude. I'm am I'm podcasting right How now. How
2: about right? this? How about this statement? Eno Ben Eno Benjamin yes. might get cut yes. this year. He's on the cut. He's on the cut list.
1: Yeah. James yeah, Conner's not we're on the well cut list. I mean, if they if they favored John, so he, he very well could f- rush for a yeah. thousand yards.
0: He also very well could get cut. So I, there's not lot... Yeah,
1: I mean, if if there was a little, if he was in San Francisco, I think that'd definitely be more of a of a conversation. But Tavian Feaster and Kalafani uh, oh, Muhammad. I watch what you say really about Kalafani Muhammad. I'm pretty sure that's a
2: Celt, my guy.
1: No, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Did he play? Is that the guy oh, from he, Minnesota? He
2: Cal, dude, he was awesome at Cal. I remember him.
1: Um, I think you're mixing it up with that OG cow running back from like the NCAA he went to Notre 11 Day, days. Dude.
2: He didn't go to uh, Crespi, he went to Notre Dame. Yeah.
1: Any, any hoot, um, I just want to put a bow on this. I think, I think the uh, Lee, Lee brought up some great points with the defense. I think they're much improved. Um, I think they have, you know, potential blue chip. I mean, they do have a blue chip at every level, in my opinion. With Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, and then I think Isaiah Simmons is going to take that next leap next this year. Zayven Collins, we all liked this year, coming in as a rookie. He will have a learning curve for sure. But then Buda Baker and Byron Murphy, I think there's all the pieces for this defense to be a really impressive unit with Vance Joseph at the helm. But ultimately, I wanted to get to this point because much like you, Lee, I think we have similar feelings about the personnel and the potential of this team. But I have to... I think the Cardinals are going to end up being the odd man out for me unless something changes in the next 20, 30 minutes just because of Cliff Kingsbury and the coaching and how I don't there I don't think there was a reason, um, you know, last year for the Cardinals to pewter out like they did. I just have a hard time really seeing. I, I'll be very happy if Cliff can surprise me and this team can end up surprising me. I think, you know, this is a team that is going to win seven to nine games, I think, at least. Um, I just have... I do have issues with them, or I have trouble with them you know getting to that next level being a 10 to 12 win team and really you know competing for this uh, division. They by all means have the talent to do it and you know the intangibles to do it, but this is just really this is the cliff year for Cliff Kingsbury and I think you know this is a team with a tough schedule and we talked about first coach to be fired and and you know how Cliff Kingsbury deserves to be in that in that conversation. so, Right now, I will be. I'd love to be surprised by this, but I just can't pass up
0: the floors that the other teams in this division uh, present. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll wrap things up quickly. Want just maybe? I'm not saying a prophecy, but watch out for an Andy Isabella mm. trade. Oh. Um, I kind of. I mean, I know Cliff loves to run those spread uh, formations, but w- wouldn't you just like to see it be DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, and Christian Kirk? Like what are we doing here with with AJ Green yeah. and, and Andy? Absolutely. Uh just so watch out for an Andy Isabella trade. Um
1: You think he could fetch like anything more than a late round like pick,
0: seventh round? Pick? Move on.
1: Yeah.
0: Grass is yep. greener on the other side. And uh just wanted to say uh I'm gonna throw a little water on this defense. Um I've been on that John Middlecoff tip that uh Vance Joseph is a is a pretty terrible defensive coordinator. Whoa. I think he's he's one of the one of the the lower tier defensive coordinators in the NFL. Uh, he couldn't get Isaiah Simmons on the field last year, and it's not like they had like great uh, off the ball linebackers. I think he doesn't know what to do with him, uh, so it, it doesn't give me hope for Zayvon Collins either, who's kind of um, obviously not near as productive as, as Simmons was, and and played in much lower competition, but uh, has similar athletic uh, traits and and kind of a. Uh, huge huge Sims. frame uh so and also Chandler Jones like isn't happy right now because they paid JJ Watt a bunch of money. So they got Dennis Gardeck, bro. Chandler Jones could
2: That guy went off yeah, last yes. year. Gardeck's a baller.
0: So, I'm just I'm just saying, but I'm I, just saying Chandler Jones I'm, isn't happy. The secondary uh out, I mean, I like Buddha Baker. I like Chuck Wash for sentimental reasons, but you're rolling with Malcolm Butler who has been pretty bad and I, I just I, I don't know. I I like this team for for a lot of other reasons. I, Lee, like you were saying with Kyler, like I think he just keeps ta- taking steps, um, and I think this there's pieces along the defense, but I, I don't think that they're going to be a great defense mainly because of Vance Joseph. But we can we can I head think on.
1: I- I do think it's worth mentioning real quick to wrap it up that Isaiah Simmons did start to play a lot better uh,
0: in the. It wasn't half even of the like season. he he didn't even play like in the first half of the season. It wasn't even like he was. Well, he
1: was a lost he was a lost puppy and, uh, and famously you know the whole that Niners game where you know Raheem Mostert cooked him on that on that wheel route and everything. But he, I feel like he started to really make an impact uh, and started to get a little bit more comfortable.
2: Also, uh, you know, um, season, let's not? not ignore the fact that uh, this is a team that's in dire need of a uniform change and they're not confronting that reality. Yeah. That's, I, I just want to say that. Yeah. So that that's never a good sign for making the playoffs. So hey man, maybe this is the cliff year for everyone. Maybe it's the cliff year for Cliff, the cliff year for Vance, and the, and the management finally realizes it's time to change up the uniforms and get like a new vibe going or something.
0: Um, the the Ram, Take The Rams came in third last year. Right, the the Seahawks won this division, so we're, we're on the, Ra- the Rams. Well, the
2: Seahawks won the division, and the Rams beat them in the playoffs. So what does that mean?
0: Yeah, that means that All means right. we go to the Rams. We, yeah, that means we go to the Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Let's think, go right? to the Rams. I don't know. Maybe this is a never be- <laughs> never before uh, encountered issue. Uh, it was in Seattle's. Rams didn't have neither of those teams had first round yeah. picks, so we'll go with we'll go with uh, the Rams here. Uh, Made the biggest move of the offseason, perhaps. Uh, Making that trade for for Matthew Stafford. Two first-round picks. Not this past year, but uh, in the upcoming next two seasons, they will not have first-round picks. Which they haven't had a first-round pick since they selected Jared Goff as their their, uh, next franchise QB. This is uh, probably going to be my Super Bowl pick for the NFC, potentially. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there. I really like this team, mainly just because of Stafford, I think, uh, giving the Rams a competent player at the quarterback position who's going to be consistent um, week in and week out. I think that's Jared Goff's biggest issue, is just his consistency. Obviously, there's games in Jared Goff's career where he has over 400 yards and, and thrown for four touchdowns. Uh, but then there's also the ones where he has three picks, throws for under 100 yards, uh, and can't beat two of Tiger Bailoa down in Miami. So... I think this is a a good fresh start uh, for Stafford with the Rams. I think you already see it, that the media now likes him, whatever. I'm not going to get all into that stuff. But um, I think he'll just show this year that uh, Detroit kind of wasted him. Uh, I'm going to give Lions fans, you know, this is something I want to talk about more when we talk about the Lions in the preview pod. Uh, I hope the Rams don't do well. Because uh, that means a higher pick for the Lions. But I, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what I think will happen. I think that this team will be one of the better teams in the NFC. I think they have a great shot at making the Super Bowl. And I think anything less, at least this year, than making the NFC Championship game would, would be a pretty big disappointment for this team.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Clap. I mean, this is, this is my Super Bowl pick. I'm not going to be coy about it. And I'll be the first one to admit if I ever change it at any point. But uh, this is my Super Bowl pick. I think the, this, this Rams team, first of all, has an incredible coaching staff. Um, didn't realize that they hired Raheem Morris as their defensive coordinator, who I know uh, Brandon Staley did an incredible job last year. Kind of was, not even in an offensive way, but like a one-year wonder, where he was so good that he got hired as a head coach, basically. Climbed the ranks pretty quickly. Really liked their offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. Um, and what he did last year. I know McVay calls most of the plays, but I still like Kevin O'Connell's career trajectory right now. Um, Just This team is littered with weapons on offense. Uh, I mean, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, great two-headed monster at running back. I assume Akers is probably going to be taking seven out of every ten carries uh, or maybe more after what he did last year. Really impressive. Um, Like what they got on the offensive line, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, um... Those three guys are going to, I think, get the lion's share of the opportunities at receiver. I don't see Deshaun Jackson making a huge impact. I'll keep my eye out for two, Tutu Atwell, Atwell and to see how they use him as kind of a gadget player. And then I always got to keep an eye out for the local Tristan Jackson and a QS guy at that club. Um, see if he can make the roster this year. Yep.
0: Um, Hey man, he made it last year he undrafted did. and a pretty He's pretty very, loaded, very skilled. Uh, receiver he, room, he had so. some
2: wild stats at Syracuse his his last year. He's a really really good player. He also put up fifty points on us in, in basketball at high school. In high school, West Bloomfield, um, and he said he was going to do it before the game. He pointed he pointed at Austin Parody <laughs> and, and put up a 5-0. and then uh, he he proceeded to score fifty points. So that's the type of guy we're dealing with here. Um, on defense. It's interesting. I kind of,
0: I kind of thought, hey Aishon set up
2: last year, and then uh, I kind of thought that I was yeah. gonna be able to rag on the defense like a little bit because they lost John Johnson and they lost, uh, I'm forgetting his name again, the corner who signed with, uh, with I want to say Cleveland.
0: Oh, uh, Mike uh, Troy. Troy. Troy Hill. Hill. His name yeah. is Troy Hill. Troy Hill. Um,
2: but they still have a really good secondary in my opinion. Um, Jordan Fuller, Taylor Rapp, obviously Jalen Ramsey uh Darius Williams um the linebackers are solid uh can't rag on the linebackers too hard because I'm pretty sure they're bringing back the same unit from last year uh which did a pretty good job and then uh they push the pocket obviously with Aaron Donald there's not much more that needs to be said so this is a team that they understand where the bar is set uh Andrew Whitworth came out this year they're 70-year-old left tackle who somehow still is effective and said uh, it's Super Bowl ring or bust this year. So Klepp, I would even push a little bit further when you say it's dis- it would be disappointing for them not to make the NFC Championship. I think this is a Super Bowl or bust year. I really yeah. do.
0: This is a I agree. I was just saying that in the sense like they got no, to get it. No, absolutely. That point and this point, is right? the like, thing that I like you know. about
2: that too is this is a team with a, a whole handful of guys on this team have been to the Super Bowl recently and they they know what it takes to get there. And I think they're going to be able to – their experience mis, mixed with Stafford's pure talent because, you know, we, we Stafford has yet to win a playoff game. Um, not that he's had many opportunities, but I think that's going to be a match made in heaven. I think McVay is still uh, just as good of a coach as anyone in the league. And I really have – you can't really poke a lot of holes in this team. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we're overestimating Stafford when we say that the difference between him and Goff is the difference between – you know, getting smoked in Green Bay in the in the in the quarterfinals to making a Super Bowl potential Super Bowl run.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with a lot of what you guys said right there. Starting with Stafford, just the, just having him in a game like in a playoff game in Green Bay where you're down a touchdown and just like what having Matthew Stafford under under center compared to Jared Goff or John Wolford, what that will do uh, to you know this team. I mean, Lee Klepp, you guys mentioned the 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 offensive weapons cup, Jefferson Woods. And then, you know, if Deshaun Jackson's healthy, like he's going to catch an ADR touchdown bomb. I mean, he still can fly. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. And I think he brings, he's, he brings a value, brings, you know, a valuable skill set to the table uh, when he's healthy, but you know, he's probably only going to play like, you know, seven games at most if, if they're lucky uh, the offensive line seems to overperform. Uh, like you mentioned with Whitworth and the, and the rest of these guys, uh, not a lot of, household names on paper but with havenstein and whitworth at the two tackle spots they seem to be holding it down pretty well uh you know tyler higby is, is a nice tight end bryson hopkins will probably have a bigger role this year um as you know kind of a consensus tight end one in that in that 2020 mr hype fourth round yeah jacob jacob harris is getting the offseason hype and then uh my guy cam acres i think is just an absolute stud so i mean their offense is you know T- team bringing in Matthew Stafford, teamed with the skill position players that they have, and then with Sean McVay's offense, you know I think the the sky's the limit uh, for this offense. Much like it is with with San Francisco, I think uh, this team you know has has the potential to be the best offense in the NFL. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. And then Lee, I think you bring up a really important thing when it comes to this defense. Uh, losing Brandon Sealy, no doubt, was a big loss, but bringing in a guy like Raheem Morris who has some uh, experience as a defensive coordinator, did a really nice job in Atlantis fit in, uh, fitting in last year, and just it's just a really good hire. I mean, it's about as good as you can get. Kind of like, I mean, he's even more proven than D'Amico Ryans, but it's kind of that same feel where, yes, you lose a Sala, you lose a, a Staley, but you're bringing in a guy that you think can at least, you know, curb that loss, you know, as well as, as, as about anyone else can. Uh, and then, you know, I, this defense, you know, obviously it starts with Donald and Ramsey, uh Darius Williams was might have been the biggest surprise player in the NFL last year. Was an absolute stud, uh, opposite Ramsey, locking down receivers week in and week out. Uh, losing John Johnson is going to be you know significant, but uh, I like Terrell Burgess last year. He's probably gonna have a bigger role from uh, Utah. Jordan Fuller too played really well, uh, you know. So I, I'm I'm not too concerned. Uh, you know, like part of why I took the the Rams under last year had to do a lot with the lack of depth uh, on their defense. And they kind of made, they kind of shoved it up my hoop last year. So, uh, I, I have pretty high expectations for this team. Uh, it's going to come down to to San Francisco or LA for me in this division. I think they're the two clear cut top dogs. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how, you know, and and Stafford too. I think, I mean, you guys obviously have a little bit more of a connection with him than I do, but this is going to be awesome to see how he can thrive in probably the best situation he's been in, in his career.
0: Uh, all things considered, I, I think so. Stafford's about to have a, a kind of like a Carson Palmer moment, right? When he's yeah. with Bruce Arians, yeah. like I, I think that's the effect that McVay's going to have on him. Uh, I hope Stafford plus
1: uh, you know, whatever twelve to fifteen hundred for MVP. Yeah, I don't know. I can think take, I think take, the concern with
0: Stafford is his health because the yeah. last two years he hasn't been fully healthy. Well, you can um, get the Rams at so. fifteen
2: to one to win the Super Bowl too. So I mean, if Stafford's playing an MV at yeah. an MVP caliber, I think that. Um, you know, that, that's a decent bet as well.
0: Let's go on to the Seahawks, who uh, won the division last year. Russell Wilson got off to MVP-type start, and then, uh, as Tommy's fantasy team, faltered due to Russell Wilson. Uh, kind of had, had a little uh, tough, tough end of the stretch there. Tough stretch run, right, Tommy? Was
1: that was tough. Tough stretch run. We were this uh, year, though. This Still year.
0: limped into the playoffs and then got beat by uh, John Wolford uh, at, at home. No, it was golf. It was uh, broken thumb off, and, and golf. It was broken. It was the Bro- Rams defense and, and Wolford. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, no, no twelves though because of the COVID. But um, I don't know. I'm not really feeling this team. I'm interested to see where you guys stand just to hear. Maybe if I can be persuaded one way or the other, I think the offense will be fine. Um, I'm, I like that they got rid of Schottenheimer. I didn't think he was ever that great of an offensive coordinator, um, and I think he he leaned a little too heavy on the run. And then they got upset that he ran too much, and then he just started throwing all the time. And I, I just didn't really think he was he was that great of an offensive mind. Uh, had a, had a nice name, but but not a nice playbook. All right, and then uh, you go. But but I still think the offense can be good. I think like we said with with the Vegas Raiders coming in to the NFC West, um, getting Gabe Jackson at right guard is great. Uh, you got Stone Forsythe in the draft, one of my favorite tackles. I think he went second round in the BJP mock potentially. Uh, Greg Island was was my uh, was one of my guys with Tommy. Remember him?
1: I don't. He's dude. the
0: Mississippi State ta- offensive tackle. A 6'8", 350. But uh, has cinder blocks for feet, so uh, we'll see what happens with that one. But this defense is trash. I mean, the defense is trash. Um, I don't see anyone that can really get after the passer. Um, Jamal Adams is good for his position, but wasn't worth two first-round picks. Uh, Some of these, uh, some of these, these first-round picks that this team has made over the last couple years is is catching up to them, and uh, they don't have, they didn't have, they had like three picks in the draft this year. And also don't have a first round pick next year. So uh, also things got weird with Russell Wilson. Like I, I don't know. I'm just not really feeling this team that much.
2: Yeah. Um. I'll I'll, I'll take over. I guess I'm with you, man. Uh. Someone's got to be the odd man out, like we were talking about. And I'm definitely leaning Seattle. Historically, over the past decade, it's a stupid thing to do. If you look at the uh, win loss resume yeah. of Russell Wilson and. Pete Carroll, even when they don't do well in the playoffs, they, they usually win 10-plus games in the regular season. Um, I'm going to be the bold one to say I think that stops this year. I think the division is just too good, and I just don't have that much faith in this defense. Even if you say, I mean, hats off to them for – they fixed their offensive line for the most part, in my opinion. Um, you, you, you brought up Stone, Stone Forsyth and Gabe Jackson, obviously. Uh, Jamarco Jones, I think, is a great depth tackle who could end up being their starting right tackle this year. Um, and they've just got like five solid starters on the offensive line in my opinion.
0: which you haven't been able to say uh, you for have a not been years. able
2: to say that. Um, yeah, <laughs> if Chris Carson can stay healthy, like this is a very dynamic offense, but uh, join the party. every offense in this division is dynamic. every offense in this division has a quarterback who they can potentially win with. and every offense in this division has a solid offensive line. So it's not like you're really, standing out in any way other than the fact that you have russell wilson who very well could be the best quarterback in this division but when you look on the other side of the football i mean i'm with you clef this defense is all over the place um they lost uh what what, what i'm i'm terrible with names this podcast the guy would no no no. carlos Dunlap. Remember, so the, the, the corner their best corner who went to jacksonville Griffin. Oh, Shaq yeah, Griffin! They lost Griffith, They bring in Akella Witherspoon, who I brought up earlier, who's very been very inconsistent. Um, Jamal Adams, you already brought it up and covered it. I mean, I think Bobby Wagner is probably the best player on this defense. But Klepp, you said it best. I mean, this is just an amalgamation of bad first round draft picks playing on a defense together. L.J. Collier hasn't really done much to separate himself. I mean, Jordan Brooks needs a little bit more time, but he doesn't really look like a first round player. Daryl Taylor was injured all last year. Um, so we'll see if they can get kind of a, uh, you know, the best form of all those players out of them. Uh, then things can work, but you know, I, I just have a really hard time.
0: Yeah, I think it's like if you got the best form out of all of them, things would maybe be You're like rel- okay. Yeah, I mean, this was one. This was one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. And legitimately, uh, nothing has changed, slash, like, they've let's probably even, gotten let's a little Let's even, bit worse. just to be a
2: little bit petty here, let's just read some of the names in this front seven. Carrie Hyder, <laughs> Carlos Dunlap, Robert Kemdiche, Alden Smith. That, like, those four guys yeah. <laughs> are, whether it be injuries,
0: Carlos was a, is a nice player, player last
2: year. I think Carlos Dunlap's the best player in their front four.
1: I was gonna say, I think Alden, too is like at least something. Like that's you know he could he could potentially know, get a man. six to eight sack He's
2: thirty one now uh, Wasn't there Another he, he, was, he snuff up this off season? Didn't he do something this off season where? It, there, I just don't know if that's been. a guy you really want to be relying on. I think Bobby Wagner is gonna to have to do a lot of work. Uh, you know, from the linebacker position. I like Cody Barton. I like Ben Burke they There there are guys that I like. But all in all, man, this is—I think I can confidently say—this is the worst defense in the division, and their offense is simply not yeah. good enough to put them in, a, in an in an echelon outside of the other three teams we've already talked about. So I think that there's going to be—they're uh, going to have to take a long, hard look in the mirror after this season because I do not think things are going to work out for the Seattle Seahawks, and that's again kind of a—it's—it's it's a tough thing to uh, to to say, but. Uh, just based on the past 10 years, but it really seems that way. And I do want to say just my last thing, uh, their bye week is week nine. Let me read out the first eight games before their bye week. And this is not, you know, all these teams have hard schedules, but at Indianapolis, versus Tennessee, at Minnesota, at San Francisco, versus the Rams, at Pittsburgh, versus New Orleans, and versus Jacksonville. So you've got a handful of away games there against teams that are no joke and uh, you're going to have to be bringing your A-game every week, and, and, and your defense, I don't know, is, is going to be able to – I don't know if your defense is going to be able to hold up through the test of, of that schedule. And if, if they hit adversity early and they're, you know, 1-3 or 2-4, and four, um, I, I don't know if Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are going to be able to weather the storm like they have in years past just based on what happened this offseason. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. Hard to disagree, but I'm going to have to make the devil's advocate case. And I think this kind of comes down to Seattle versus Arizona. And I think Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the division as of right now. I think pretty easily. I think you kind of have to give him that respect. Um, and this team won the division last year with the one of the worst defenses in the NFL that Clef just alluded to. So I think when it comes to Seattle, it just depends on, you know, is the bottom going to fall out for them? Is their offense going to fall apart? Because – you look at DK, Tyler Lockett, whoever you want to put at three, whether it's Dwayne Eskridge or Freddie Swaim, and then you know their amalgamation of tight ends, and then Chris Carson, who is probably the most underrated running back in the NFL when he's healthy. I think he's rushed for 1,000 yards uh, each That's season easy, that though. he's played. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. Seventh-round pick, Chris Carson, Oklahoma State. Uh, Shout-out Jordan Simmons uh, in the interior of the of the offensive line. I mean – this often, I mean, this team's going to be going to be a tough out. I mean, Lee, you mentioned a couple of those first games. I mean, they're probably they're probably going to be favorites to New Orleans. I would think. I mean, well, that's that's an interesting. Those are two interesting teams. We haven't gotten to the NFC South yet. Um, you know, I think they're better than Pittsburgh. I think they're better than Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, this team is going to be able Sunday to Sunday night football in at Pittsburgh pretty much at every Heinz Field. Game, that's going to be a fun one. That that is going to be a fun one. I, I mean, basically. I think Klepp brings up a great point. Uh, with Schottenheimer bringing in Shane Waldron, and where's Waldron from? He, um, le- yeah, he was the he was the Rams guy. You were you were speaking high of him. I mean, I think if you if you can you know let Russ cook to however you know if that if that can happen again with with a little bit more you know balance and not just pure outside pressure causing it, uh, you know I'm not going to say anything about this defense. They have blue chip players and Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, but you guys both touched on it with the pass rush. Jamal Adams was your best pass rusher last year. That can't be a reality. And even if you get, you know, plus seasons out of Aldon Smith and Carlos Dunlap, still that is just, uh, you know, way less than ideal. So ultimately, um, I think right now I'm going to give the Seahawks the the third slot in this division just because I think they have a higher floor than Arizona. I think Pete Carroll is a more competent coach than than Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, And I think Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback and has elite weapons around him. Uh, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, like I mentioned, um, and you know Chris Carson. So I think this team is going to be, you know, a tough out. Who, you know, this is you're going to be. We're going to be betting a lot of overs. I think with with Seattle, you know, a lot of team total overs, a lot of overs. This is going to be uh, a high flying offense. I'd
0: like to think so. Um, like if you, I, for that for, to to just to kind of put a wrap on the defensive conversation. Outside of Wagner and Adams, how many of these guys on this defense do you think would start? On other teams in the division, like maybe Diggs starts for the Cardinals.
1: I think Diggs would. I think Diggs is a pretty underrated player. I mean, I think Diggs would start on. He probably would start on the Rams. Who's, yeah. you know they've got Jordan Fuller and Taylor Rapp and you know Burgess. I mean, I think he'd probably start on San Francisco too. Who's got what Jimmy Ward and I think Diggs. I think Diggs is a quality player. And I know you guys tend to agree. Um, I, you know, the defense is going to be, the defense was awful last year and they, you know, they won the division. So I, and, and I think ever since we've been doing this podcast, we've every July, we talk, we talk crap about the the (laughs) Seahawks and their organizational hubris. I, you know, seriously, we do. And, uh, it just has to come to a point where like, are we really trusting? We, there's just so much more projection that goes into, especially the Cardinals, in my opinion. And, you know, even the you know Niners and the Rams to a certain extent, if you want to be charitable, then it does with Seattle. Seattle just seems to be a lock for eight to nine wins every year, pretty easily. And their offensive line has been abysmal, and their defense has really been abysmal since the Legion of Boom. So it's just going to be hard for me to really say that this is the worst team in the division.
0: All right, well let's get into uh, let's get into the rankings. These are all teams I think we would probably say ultimately are maybe in the top half of the NFC, right? I mean, would you here's an interesting question and I'll start with Lee. Like would you pick all four of these teams, say like put all four of these teams in the NFC East? Like would you pick them to win the division?
2: Um that's a good question. Uh yeah, I probably would.
1: I think I think it becomes a conversation more so with the Cardinals and the Seahawks. I was going to say the AFC South too. Like our you know I think that's another good kind of uh, you know comparable I mean they definitely they definitely could. I don't think Dallas or Washington is you know they're kind of in that same their same tier there's there's questions and projections with, I'll let you in prophecy again
2: that uh, three teams from this division make the playoffs. I don't think that's a very bold take. I just yeah, think like that, that we're kind of gonna be seeing that for the
1: next couple of years as long as these teams continue and and also, more of like a meta point is all of a sudden the NFC is like I think significantly weaker than the AFC. It seems like in the past two years the AFC kind of went from the, the the weaker conference to now you know the Saints losing Drew Brees and you know we've gone through a couple of these teams. The NFC East being what it is, the NFC North being you know what it is with Green Bay and that whole situation there. Um, you know it's it's kind of hard to disagree with what Lee just said that there's there's going to be opportunity for. And what, there's seven teams in the playoffs? So. All
0: four theoretically can.
2: Very that's very interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah, because that's it,
1: right. oh, because there's two.
2: Well,
0: yep. I'm just thinking about because it of like the extra team. So. You know.
2: Is the worst team in this division gonna be better than Minnesota? Or is the worst team in this division gonna be better than <clears throat> whoever comes second in every other division, basically?
1: Neutral neutral field, what would you make the line with Arizona and Seattle playing Minnesota? Arizona and Seattle. Like, you know, each of those teams playing Minnesota on a neutral field, would you do, like, that minus three? I think, you probably know... Probably, like, two and a half. That's probably what I would say. Like, and I and half, think that's going to be a yeah. really
2: interesting game, week three, Seattle at Minnesota. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. That that primetime game last year was obviously a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into it in the NFC North pod, but I I have high expectations for Minnesota this year, honestly. So... I think that they're going to be a competitive team this year, especially if Aaron Rodgers is is drinking whiskey on Sundays. Um, yeah. So, Tommy, I want to ask you one f- – and Clep. <clears throat> um, and, Tommy, just try to, for a second, take your Gerald Everett bias out of this. Does it not concern <laughs> either of you that outside of Lockett and Metcalf, because neither of you guys were huge Dwayne Eskridge guys, that there's not like a a, a reliable – third pass catching option for Seattle. And that do you almost assume that Lockett and Metcalf are just going to be able to recreate what they did last year cuz Metcalf had a nuclear le- year last year. Lockett had a very reliable year last year. Do you just assume that it's kind of going to be recreated or do you think that there's going to the de- defenses are going to start to find maybe alternate answers for how to figure that out and there's going to come a time where Seattle needs to be able to rely on someone else to take advantage of Holes in the
0: defense.
1: I mean, I think um, I think that's much easier said than done. I don't think DK went nuclear last year. I just think DK put it together, and like that's just kind of who he is. And we saw it last year. Like he's just a tough. He's a tough cover. And then the you know the the headaches that he causes defensive coordinators opens up Tyler Lockett to just be one of the more underrated receivers of this generation in terms of route running and the chemistry that he has with Russell Wilson. Just those two players, as it. I mean, we saw guys like Freddie Swain last year have like productive games, but it was never three, consistent. Uh, you never got sketchers. consistency so, out of. No, no, it def- it definitely wasn't, and it's it's something that's not ideal. And they obviously, you know, like Dwayne Eskridge to have a pretty. I mean, I would hope that they that he, you know, has some pretty lofty expectations that he needs to needs to make. I mean, I'll throw out my little sleeper guy. There would be Cade Johnson from South Dakota State who was undrafted. Uh, and you know, tore up FCS uh, FCS teams for you know the past two years or whatever it was. I kind of like him as an undrafted free agent. And then you, Lee, you mentioned Gerald Everett, uh, Will Disley, and Colby Parkinson. Like those are all capable pass catchers. Disley and Everett are both pretty. You gotta good put a call into our lads. Position.
2: Everett's sitting there so, behind Disley and Parkinson. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we we
1: we know we all we know how it's going to shake uh, out. Know I, I shake would just out.
0: say, Lee, like too, the, they always seem. To Tommy's point about how we talk trash about the Seahawks and they do well, it always seems like some third player comes out of nowhere and starts making one-handed catches. like yeah. David Moore, and then that one guy who made that ridiculous catch against the Lions in the Wild Card game, where he like caught it off the floor with Kreslin Butler. It was. It's just like there always seems to be some weird random wide receiver that the Seahawks make come out yeah. of nowhere and like plays well. So. Um, is it ideal? No. I mean, I'll start off our rankings. I'm, I'm going to put the Seahawks last, man. Let's, let's, I'm just going to put them there. I don't know. I just think it's the weakest team overall. Um, so it's not something I'm, I'm super confident in just because I, again, agree with you, Tommy, that I think Russell Wilson is still probably the best quarterback in the division. Um, but there's only so much one guy can do and, uh, I'll, I'll put them last. Um, I'm going to put the 49ers third. Uh, and that's more of just a uh, thing that I don't want to overrate what Trey Lance could maybe do in his rookie season. Like, I still think that this team is is growing and they're trending upward. And I think if you had to, you know, say, oh, which team do you, do you have the most confidence in, like, over the next three years? I probably would say the 49ers, but that doesn't mean that this year it's going to all come together for them. Uh, I think it's maybe even a little unrealistic to expect them to compete for the division title with a rookie quarterback. But... I mean, again, we've been seeing some of these rookies come in and have great rookie seasons. I just think Trey Lance is a little bit of a different case, just with his projectability in that sense. Uh, I'll put the Cardinals second, just because I think, uh, even though I don't like Vance Joseph, they still have the, the names on defense and the players, I think, to get it done, and like you said, Lee, with my with Murray, it's each year has been a, a progression, and this year could be the year that he tries and competes for the MVP trophy, and... Uh, I, I think you know their offensive line has slowly been getting better. Uh, they've been building their their receiver core. Uh, Chase Edmonds, I think, is going to be an upgrade over Kenyon Drake. And I, I think overall, the this, the Cardinals to me are one of the more well put together. There, I don't know. There's less like massive concerns, I, I suppose. Even though the coaching, I guess, probably, I think, I don't know. I think the coaching could be comparable to to Seattle. Um, and then uh, obviously, I'll put the Rams uh, up at the top. But, I mean, the order could be flipped on its head. This is this is a really tough division to predict, and I definitely wouldn't say the Seahawks are one of the bottom eight teams uh, in the NFC. I just think they're probably one of them. They're, they're just not really on that upper tier in this division to me.
2: Yeah, uh, we're, we're brain-trusting, Clef. I'm, I'm lockstep with you. I've got Seattle in fourth. Uh, overall concerns about their defense and just kind of the, the, the wheels falling off of that dynasty. Um, we've got San Francisco.
0: I also think, like, last point with, with Seattle, sorry to cut you off, but it's like, it wasn't like they started off slow and then kind of turned it around at the end of the year. They kind of had the same thing as the, the Steelers, where they started out great, and then the wheels kind of fell off. And it, and it leaves you, maybe it's recency bias, but there's yeah. a little bit there that, that's just concerning. With I mean, the, 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 last point, the
2: last game of the season was that game they lost to against the Rams at home against Jared Goff with a broken thumb, where their offense seemingly could not get anything going. Um, And they were, I want to say, a a, a fairly significant favorite in that game. Um, But anyway, yeah, I've got Seattle in fourth, missing the playoffs this year. I've got San Francisco coming in third, going to be the best third-place division team in the NFL, I think, and a playoff team. Arizona coming in second, just because I have faith that Kyler Murray is going to take another step forward. And I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury is a great coach, but I don't think that he's necessarily the dunce that a lot of people like to paint him out to be. Um, And I believe in the weapons on defense. And also, we didn't really bring it up. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. So I don't want to lose sight of that as well. Um, And then I've got the Rams, my Super Bowl pick, uh, coming in in first place in the division. I expect them to win 13 games this year, somewhere in that ballpark. So uh, I think they're going to win the division with that and possibly compete for a bye in the NFC.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll divert from you guys. Um, I'm gonna have to put the Cardinals at fourth just because in in the four years of doing this podcast, if there's one thing I've learned, um, you know, coaching, quarterback, and offensive line play seem to dictate um, a lot going into the you know and, and season, and that's how you kind of separate hype from you know the steak from the sizzle. And while I you know I love Kyler Murray, I think he's an elite quarterback and very well could put himself in that conversation this year. And I like what they did on the offensive line. Um, I just think there's way too much projection with, with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I see where you guys are coming from. I think, you know, this team could win the division. I think there's good value, I think, on the Cardinals plus 600 or 500, whatever it is to win this division just because of everything that we went through with their upside, but they're just, there's the most projection there for me, so I'm gonna have to put them at fourth. I'm gonna put the Seahawks at third. Um, not really that much to say, just they have the highest floor, I think, of those two teams, especially and what Russell Wilson is going to bring. Um, they think they're a Super Bowl contending team, and you know they've made the playoffs for however many years straight. Um, you know, despite having you know not good coaching or play calling, especially um, even though Pete Carroll's a great motivator and you know subpar defenses, I still think this team is going to win eight to nine games at least. Uh, at number two, I'm going to I'm going to put the Rams. I think the Rams definitely have a higher floor than the 49ers. Uh, and I expect them to make the playoffs. And I think that you know this, you know, the safer decision is probably to put the Rams at one. Um, but I just I like the 49ers too much. I think we're forgetting too much about Nick Bosa, what he's going to bring to that defense as an, a truly elite pass rusher and a guy who can get 15 15 sacks. I think pretty easily, 12 sacks. Uh, you know, he should be a lock for that. Kind of, kind of want to take him to win Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, and I just think Trey Lance and this offense is going to go nuclear. I think. Kyle Shanahan mixed with that kind of athlete with those offensive weapons I think this team has the highest ceiling in the division by far because of this this is a team that went to the Super Bowl with with Jimmy G uh, and still has a lot of those pieces left on that defense and that offense you know plus Brandon Iuke so I think Kyle Shanahan getting um, a talent like Trey Lance under center especially when we've seen that um, you know like we saw with Jalen Hurts last year Justin Herbert a lot of these quarterbacks that we think are a little bit more of a projection seem to hit the, the the ground running a little bit quicker in their first year, especially with an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan and you know how much faith I bu- I put in him to make you know Trey Lance's job as easy as possible. So um, I think the Rams and the 49ers are both going to be vying for a Super Bowl come January, and I, I can't really wait to see how this division. Niners plays also out. have
2: the easiest schedule in the division.
1: I do want to point that out. They've
0: well, yep. and that was part of the reason yeah. I put the Seahawks. It's like they have a first yeah. place schedule, and I don't yeah. like them that much. So it's like just looking at the yeah.
2: Niners' schedule, they get Detroit, Philly, Cincinnati, Atlanta, and Houston. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think don't yeah. the very well could be the Niners on paper right now have the easiest schedule in the league. I think,
1: yeah, they uh, do.
2: Tommy, would your prediction they change do. at all if we could go into the future of, of the night before Week One and Jimmy Garoppolo was the starting quarterback for the 49ers.
1: Um, maybe a little bit, but I just think it's a matter of time before Lance takes that job. I mean, if you're saying that Jimmy G is going to start well, I'm just saying, to the 10 night, games, like September then yes, 11th, it would
2: change. Which is their first game is September 12th. We're going to bed, and Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback. And I mean, you, you don't want to project too far, but they played Detroit and Philly the first two weeks. Uh, assuming Jimmy Garoppolo plays fine, and they win those games, I don't know when the, uh, you know, I don't really know when the baton would be passed to Trey Lance necessarily, um, and that yeah. would be an interesting conversation. That's where the whole conversation about the, the quarterback controversy comes in is like, if Jimmy Garoppolo is named the starter and they, you know, win six of their first nine games and they look fine, it's like, will the baton get passed to Trey Lance? I don't know. Their schedule's not necessarily super totally. difficult. I think this is, a- and I think they can compete with Garoppolo as a quarterback, although I may think Lance is better. Um, it's an interesting conversation.
1: Yeah. yeah I think this is an I think this is an important point to why I think that Lance, in my, in my opinion, will start week one, is because Shanahan, the 49ers were incredibly aggressive this offseason in getting a quarterback, I think, for this reason. They wanted Stafford, obviously, that fell through the cracks, and they gave up an obscene amount of draft capital to get Trey Lance, and it's because they they know what Jimmy G is. Like They went to the Super Bowl with him. Kyle Shanahan has watched the Josh Allens of the world. He's watched, you know, all these quarterbacks that they've had to play, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, and what they're able to do for their respective teams. And I just think that as soon as the pads come on in August and Shanahan sees the, the potential of his offense with Trey Lance, um, and, and I think by all accounts, you know, we talked about the intangibles that Trey Lance brings, the kind of person that he is. Um I just, I don't think that he's, that this is going to be too big for, for Trey Lance's bridges. I think that, you know, he's going to be eased in slowly, but I think that almost behooves the Niners in a way. Like, I think Trey Lance could could only throw like 20 passes, like for the first eight games of the season. And they're going to be having that running back committee in full force with Sermon and, you know, Mostert and all those guys. And just the way that uh, Shanahan schemes his receivers open. I just think that it's, that we, this is all we talked about throughout draft season. Like, why, I think my bet on Trey Lance to win Rookie of the Year is because he's in the best scenario, a la Patrick Mahomes, who went to Kansas City with Andy Reid in and his draft. Um, I just think there's not as much projection that you I have just to think do that because of that. I, so. I want to
2: say, and we can wrap it up. Um, I think that they also partially drafted Lance for security too, because Kyle Shanahan hasn't won more than six games outside of the Super Bowl year, do mostly due to the fact that there have been injuries at the quarterback position, or they in the in the backup. Was not competitive at all. Um, so we look at you know him going six and ten last year and four and twelve the year before the Super Bowl, and the big reason for that was because uh, you know they didn't their starting quarterback got injured, and in the season they had to basically punt on the season because the starting quarterback got injured. And I don't want to. I mean, I'm not saying that Lance isn't going to start, but I do think that part of the reason why, like I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't be shocked if Shanahan still likes Garoppolo and isn't trying to rush Lance into a starting position and basically is just trying to prepare him to take the, take the organization over, whether it be next year or whenever the time is right. And he has that security. If Garoppolo who is injury prone does go down, he's got a stud young player that can kind of take over and maybe even be better or, or at least be formidable as a, as a replacement player.
1: I've, I think that's a good point, Lee, but I just don't think it lines up because, like, they're not getting, like, a glorified uh, insurance policy. I don't think they trade the capital that they did. I don't but I'm think just saying there's no real for, rush to start you know, him Stafford. if
2: Garoppolo is healthy because they've made a Super think there, Bowl with I think, Garoppolo and they 20 is. years old.
1: So, no, like – but their window is now. Like you're gonna have to pay Nick Bosa. You're gonna have to pay Debo Samuel. You're gonna have to pay Brandon Ayuk. You just I pay understand Kittle, that. But what I'm trying Trent to say Williams. is, like, I think they, they can't think afford they can
2: win with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think that Kyle Shanahan doesn't think I they disagree. Can win with Jimmy I disagree because they've literally done it before. The only times they don't win is when he's not
1: healthy. So like, I yeah I disagree. I think I think Garoppolo is the insurance policy for Lance because they know what you know the floor that he has. Um. I, mean, I, I, think, I think they'll figure, figure that out. out
0: in training camp. <laughs> kind of like,
1: yeah, you're, you're right. Like,
0: um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. I hope I hope that uh, Jimmy G starts week one, baby. Come on now.
1: Then Lions plus seven and a half.
0: Really? Rip it. I, I'm, a,
1: I'm. I think it's something like that. I think it's
0: something no, like don't, that. No, don't don't bet that. Don't bet on the Lions. Dude.